Good morning. Welcome to Daily Musings with JP Hummingbird. It's been uh, quite a while since I've done one of these. I'm uh, not sure I can remember how. Uh, yeah, life's been interesting the last couple of months. Just keep... I just keep... Uh, Bouncing from one life-threatening situation to the next. Uh, it's quite interesting. Uh, maybe we'll delve into that a bit later. But uh, I just thought I'd try and do a podcast. See what comes up. And so for the next hour or so, observe, uh, observe what passes through this, uh, what do we call it, mind space. Whatever passes by. Uh, oh, so what day is it? Sunday. So seven. So nine days ago, I had my appendix removed. Uh, and I've got four holes in my abdomen that are recovering. I don't know. You don't know if it's you don't know if you're happy. Or, you don't know if it's lucky or unlucky. But you just kind of, um, it's kind of amazing what goes on. Uh, yeah, I don't really know how to talk about stuff like this. I've always kept things like this to myself, so it's uh, it's going to be interesting seeing if I can actually talk about it. <clears throat> but maybe I'll sing a song to get us going. I was playing around with this earlier, so apologies if if you're uh, if you think I've butchered it. But... Heaven from hell Blue skies from pain Can you tell a green field Oh, I butchered it <laughs> Shit <laughs> I got distracted So, uh playing my guitar for for a while and uh, but yesterday no, when was it Friday I got a creative boost from a good friend who came round uh, and we had one of those old school jams you know when you're just playing and sharing the guitar and we both had harmonicas and 
and we recorded we we uh, we did it live on Clubhouse, <laughs> which uh, was kind of fun. I don't know. He's obsessed with this Clubhouse, but it's kind of nice if you can perform and people can enjoy it. You just take it for granted that people are sitting around playing instruments uh, and just, you know, I don't know. But it's in the, I guess not everybody everybody does do that and not everybody, maybe not everybody can do that. But I've just... The, the friends I grew up with, uh, we were just all doing it. And most still do. And it's just this, uh, yeah, I guess it's one of those things you just, when it's normal, you don't really think about it too much. Hmm. So, it's autumn, or is it winter? I don't even know anymore, but the, tree, the trees are telling me it's autumn. I'm looking out the window now, and uh, I, see, I see yellows, like bronze, uh, you know, orange, uh, faded greens, and leaves are collecting on the ground. Yeah, I guess... Uh, A lot of the English speak East English speaking world call it the four, but we tend to always call it autumn in England. Which is a cool word, I don't know why. Autumn. I don't actually know what it means. I wonder if it has any a stronger meaning than just let's have a look. Autumn. So autumn in the Northern Hemisphere begins on Wednesday the 22nd of September and finishes on Tuesday the 21st of December. So 21st of December, it's the winter. Autumn definition. <laughs> now this is dumb. Apologies, apologies. Uh... Like I said, a lot of ring rust. Uh, let's uh, let's do a segment. Should we do? Should we do a new segment? It's called uh, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, which I think has been made into a movie recently. Which I. I I'm just going to try and watch. I didn't. I saw it on Amazon. And didn't like the look of it. I saw the Green Knight. I thought, oh, cool. You know when you just, you know when you read stuff and you think, oh, that'd be a good movie. And you think, yeah, but nobody really knows about it. It's never going to be a movie. Uh, and yeah, I saw it, but I didn't like the look of it. It didn't have. It wasn't sort of rave reviews, but then I heard, uh, is it Commode? I can't remember this guy. He's, a fan. He's kind of a, 
modestly renowned movie critic. I think he's on, you hear him on Radio 5 and he reviewed it and it was really, did a really glowing review. Uh, so I'm going to have to watch that, but maybe we can read a few bits of it. And also, as I was talking then, I had a little, my mind jumped to uh, Dune. I don't know if anybody watched that. Has anybody seen that movie? The new movie with, by Denis Villeneuve. Uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed that. Went down uh, some wormholes just reading about Dune, the whole sort of that metaverse of Dune. Uh, and uh, yeah, I watched it three times in consecutive days, and each time it unfolded different layers of the story. Uh, just yeah, I really rate that that Denis Villeneuve. He's not scared to to slow move a movie. I watched a couple more of his his uh, films, and uh, he's doing some really great work. Uh, I can see why actors are flocking towards him. But let's see what we can make of this. It's Simon Armitage has done a version. I've got a book here. It's in a version of Sir Gwain and the Green Knight, which is an ancient or sort of old text from uh, Middle Ages. Do you want some background on it? <laughs> nah, forget the background. Let's just read, see what it sounds like. Once the siege and assault of Troy had ceased, with the city a smoke heap of cinders and ash, the turncoat whose tongue had tricked his own men was tried for his treason the truest crime on earth. The noble Aeneas and his noble lords went conquering abroad, laying claim to the crowns of the wealthiest kingdoms in the Western world. Mighty Romulus quickly careered towards Rome and conceived a city in magnificent style, which from then until now has been known by his name. Tysius constructed townships in Tuscany and Langobard did likewise, building homes in Lombardy. Or Lombardy, excuse me. And further afield over the sea of France, on Britain's broad hilltops, Felix Brutus made his stand. And wonder, dread and war have lingered in that land, where loss and love in turn have held the upper hand. Ah, so we started in Troy. <laughs> so, and it's the spread of... I guess that's like the spread of uh, civilization, isn't it? I need some antiquity history here. It's like a little lesson there. But I like the style of how it's written. I like, uh, yeah, let's read the next bit. After Britain was built, by this founding father, a bold race bred there, battle-happy men, causing trouble and torment in turbulent times. And through history, more strangeness has happened here than anywhere else I know of on earth. But most regal of rulers in the royal line was Arthur, who I heard is honoured above all, and the inspiring story I intend to spin has moved the hearts and minds of many, 
an awesome episode in The Legends of Arthur. So listen a little while to my tale, if you will, and I'll tell it as it's told in a town where it trips from the tongue. And it has been inked in stories bold and strong through letters which, once linked, have lasted loud and long. I like the little background there. It was Christmas at Camelot, King Arthur's court, where the great and the good of the land had gathered, all the righteous lords of the ranks of the round table, quite properly carousing and revelling in pleasure. Time after time, in tournaments of joust, they had lunged at each other with levelled lances, then returned to the castle to carry on their carolling. For the feasting lasted a full fortnight and one day, with more food and drink than a fellow could dream of. The hubbub of their humour was heavenly to hear. Pleasant dialogue by day and dancing after dusk. So the house and its hall were lit with happiness, and lords and ladies were luminous with joy. Such a coming together of the gracious and the glad, the most chivalrous and courteous knights known in Christendom, the most wonderful women to have walked in this world, the handsomest king to be crowned at court, fine folk with their futures before them, there in that hall, their highly honoured king was happiest of all. No nobler knights had come within a castle's wall. Wow, medieval heaven. I can imagine living in those sort of feudal times where it was like your life was utterly shite <laughs> and then you've got these huge castles where people are just having a absolute bore mind you even in those castles compared to how we live now yeah you'd take now any day wouldn't you imagine if you had appendicitis back then you just you just wait till it explodes and then you die oh Jesus so yeah when we say we live like kings, it's not really true, is it? We live, <laughs> we live better lives than kings. Uh, but yeah, so King Arthur, I guess, <laughs> not only am I talking about King Arthur's not real, is he? But I guess, you know, the imagination of people thinking about kings and queens, that's not real either. Who knows? You just know there's someone having a better time than you. And it's something to aspire towards. <laughs> Which is how sort of society runs, isn't it, I guess? Well, that was an introduction to uh, Sir Gwaine and the Green Knight. I don't know if that'll go anywhere, but I, lo I love the way it's written. It really rolled. There's a, just the, the loads of, like, it's quite voluptuous to read. <clears throat> I love it when... Uh, Words tumble out, you know, with that, the way he uses alliteration. Let's have a, I'll read it in a bit. The new year was so, the new year so young, it still yawned and stretched. Helplings were doubled on the dais that day. And as King and company were coming to the hall, the choir in the chapel fell suddenly quiet. Then a chorus erupted from the courtiers and clerks. Noel, they cheered. Then, Noel, Noel, 
New Year gifts, the knights cried next, as they pressed forward to offer their presents, teasing with with frivolous favours and forfeits, till those ladies who lost couldn't help but laugh, and the undefeated were far from forlorn. Their merrymaking rolled on in this manner until mealtime, when washed and worthy they went to the table and were seated in order of honour, as was apt, with Guinevere in their gathering, gloriously framed, at her place on the platform, pricelessly curtained by silk to each side, and canopied across with French weave and fine tapestry from the Far East, studded with stones and stunning gems, pearls beyond pocket, pearls beyond purchase or price. But not one stone outshone the quartz of the Queen's eyes. With hand on heart, no one could argue otherwise. Wow, she sounds incredible. Guinevere. What a beautiful name. Guinevere and Gwen. Is that a Welsh name? It's a lovely name. I might have a daughter just so I can name her Guinevere. <laughs> The most frivolous reason to have a child. But Arthur, he would not eat until all were served. He brimmed with ebullience, being almost boyish in his love of life. Ah, oh, sounds fantastic. And what he liked least was to sit still watching the seasons slip by. Yeah, I'm feeling a bit like that lately, just... Seasons are slipping by. I keep stalling and stalling. But, you know, I still get to look out the window and it's beautiful. I'm so lucky in, in this country. I mean, even I live in an industrial, old industrial city in it's just trees. It's littered with trees. Whichever way I look, there's trees. Sure, there's dilapidated buildings also, but there's also beautiful buildings. Old Victorian buildings built to last forever. Uh, and it, yeah, it genuinely changes the landscape in this country. Very lucky for that. His blood was busy and he buzzed with thoughts and the matter which played on his mind at that moment was his pledge to take no portion from his plate on such a special day until a story was told. Some far-fetched yarn or outrageous fable. The tallest of tales, yet one ringing with truth, like the action-packed epics of men-at-arms or till some chancer had challenged his chosen knight dared him with a lance to lay his life on the line, to stare death face to face and accept defeat. Should fortune or fate smile more favourably on his foe, with Camelot's castle, this was the custom at feasts and festivals when the fellowship would meet. With features proud and fine, he stood there tall and straight, a king at Christmas time, amid great merriment. (laughs) That's a good idea. Don't eat till there's a... Amazing story told. It wouldn't work with my family. 
although there usually is. <laughs> I went for a, yesterday I went for a meal with my family and uh, genuinely a lot of hilarity. A very, f- sometimes the stories are, you know, they're old, st- they're a bit worn out, but there's new stories. And uh, yeah, genuinely funny. My big brother, he had his appendix out 18 months ago and he was telling me his was a lot worse than mine. And uh, But when he tells the story, it's like he turns horror into just absolute comedy. And I was laughing so hard, that, but I wasn't sure if I was crying. <laughs> I was laughing and I don't know, it was, I don't know if you could do it both at the same time, but it kind of felt like that. I guess it's hysterical laughing, maybe. But and then my little brother's spinning his tales about he's still trying to party as hard as possible. His philosophy in life is just go hard. <laughs> he just wants to go out in a blazing glory, and I do. Uh, I kind of admire that a little bit. Don't take the slow burn towards death. when you have to spend a few nights in the hospital you just think oh god you you feel worse than you are because you're looking across the room and you're seeing like people suffering hard man oh yeah you don't want to be in there too long Uh, let's have a look at Caroline Bird I'm going to open try and randomly uh Alright, this opened a page, it's called Speechless, this poem. It is such a relief for the words they have been holding so much for so long, wrapped in furs like Russian soldiers, vows crammed like backpacks. Their lettered backs are broken from it, syllables bent from all the shouldering. But tonight, all the words left the house in their thinnest summer jackets. Despite the December cold, they strutted out with barely a stitch on. Now they're shameless in the air, naked as a tune, sung by a sated ghost as she fades from the drawing room into the bright light where all business is complete. I can't really penetrate that one right now. It doesn't, it's not really hit me. That was a bit random. Uh, apologies. Should we go for... Let's go. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. I don't know if I have any... <laughs> I think I might have run out. I don't know if I have any interesting thoughts anymore. Ah. <clears throat> oh. I guess uh, when you start to have a few ailments, you can start to sort of get really self-absorbed and uh, you don't want... That's not something you want. Uh, Let's try... Let's do some notes on the sonnets. Let's just pick a random sonnet with 
Luke Kennard and see what happens. <clears throat> this one's Sonnet 81. Or I shall live your epitaph to make. I'm going to look that up. I shall live. Hopefully I haven't read this one before, but I can't remember if I have. Oh. I mean, it does not interest me, death, as an idea. As a child, I think I could leave my body, but I'm not sure. I saw things when I floated out of my skylight which turned out the next day to have happened. Dog digging under a fence and absconding. Lost dog posters the next day. A car losing control on the winding path of a distant hill. A car upside down in the ditch on the way to the supermarket. A newspaper story about reports of a floating boy. I liked to go with my mum to get the shopping while my sisters were at guides. I'd get her to drop me at the police station on the way home and they'd do absolutely everything I told them, saying, Okay, magic boy. So all of this is my fault. It's possible I'm making that up about the astral projection, I mean. The weight of the body before and after death. Nothing is as heavy or as light as what I want to say to you and won't. I've had too much to drink. So it is so annoying to feel this lethargic and still compelled to speak. I am thinking of how polite I'll be to the nurse. I'm thinking of everyone who will outlive me. Now you are here. Now you are gone. It's okay, I think. <laughs> so, oh yeah, so this Luke Canardi wrote his notes on the sonnets and it's like he's at a house party that's the idea and uh, but I like that last I'm thinking of how polite I'll be to the nurse I'm thinking of everyone who will outlive me now you are here now you are gone it's okay I think yeah I remember going into uh, when when the uh, I, had a, I had a scan and then they the surgeon told me, yeah, you're going to have to go in. And I was, I said to him, do it. Have I got, have I got time to write a will? Uh, will it be legit? And uh, he sort of laughed it off. And I don't know, no one really took me seriously, but I was just like <laughs> thinking, what if I do die, you know? Uh, who's going to clean up the mess? Who's going to? It's interesting, isn't it? And everyone, oh, don't you know? When you talk about things like, you know, what, what you, what's going to happen after you die? People just go, oh, don't you know? Don't talk like that. Don't don't say that. And it's like none of us are preparing for death. Uh, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, does it? I guess I don't know. Does it matter? Does it matter? 
it's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> I can't form a proper thought anymore. Oh, not that I've ever been able to form a thought. I'm just trying to catch snip snapshots of what passes by, but a car losing control. I just yeah, you just remember, don't you? People disappear when you as you as you're growing up and. Yeah, I don't know, what, what, what is, is it, are you lucky to still be here, or? Are they lucky to be somewhere else, or? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, super morose. Uh, let's have a look at what Shakespeare wrote. Sonnet 81. Or I shall live your epitaph to make. Or you survive when I am... Oh, let's start again. Where are we? Let's make it bigger. Or I shall live your epitaph to make. Or you survive when I in earth am rotten. From hence your memory death cannot take, although in me each part will be forgotten. Your name from hence immortal life shall have, though I once gone to all the world must die. The earth can yield me but a common grave, when you entombed in men's eyes shall lie. Your monument shall be my gentle verse, which eyes not yet created shall ever read, and tongues to be your being shall rehearse when all the breathers of this world are dead you still shall live such virtue hath my pen where breath most breathes even in the mouths of men oh, we're getting super morose aren't we I guess he's paying tribute, isn't he? just hit a brick wall I'm going <clears> to
trouble comes Men away But not so potent In the female form I knew there was trouble Tom Peel was playing, uh, he had a harmonica in A minor, and uh, oh, it sounded delicious. It sounded like early Fleetwood Mac with Peter Green style. Uh, yeah, Peter Green has to be like 
probably the only white man to be able to pull off blues with any sort of with just it just I don't know sounds authentic when Peter Green sings he sings about suffering it's like it's a mental suffering but it's real suffering you know the old blues singers had that they suffered but it was an external obviously everything but I don't know what I'm trying to say but when Peter Green sings there's such vulnerability in his voice and yeah he just means it 100 oh, I nearly said 100% <laughs> that's such an, uh, that's a new world saying isn't it 100% oh Wow, yeah, sorry, I'm absolutely butchering my guitar. I mean, I can't really play it, but she is a beautiful guitar. She's been with me a long time, and I'm very grateful. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm just running, I feel, I feel like I'm running out of steam. Uh, not that I had any steam. Uh, If you're still listening, that's absolutely lovely. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say farewell. And I hope all is well. Even though hope is a dangerous word. I hope you're enjoying your thoughts or the thoughts that pass by. I hope you're safe. <laughs> or, the, or at least, I don't know, maybe not even safe, just interested. I hope you're interested in whatever's going on around you whether it's safe or not. Sometimes uh, too much safety can make us numb. Uh, I need a bit of danger, for sure. Yeah, thanks for listening. Hopefully, uh, maybe next time I come on, I can open up a little bit more about these sort of... <clears throat> changes things change and every year things will never be the same again things will never be the same again there's this meditation I listen to it's a beautiful little meditation it's on this, uh, this there's this app I've called the reach approach and it's these guys who are oh this yeah one guy it's like a psychologist spiritualist just but he does these beautiful little meditations which are like it's like uh, reprogramming your you know uh, you know 
you know when you just if you let your mind like your mind is like can be the most absolute pessimistic annoying uh, just tapping you on the shoulder following you wherever you go each room is there he's just you know it can be that that force and if you let that sort of you know that super ego I think describes it like that you know that famous guy psychologist but your super ego is just constantly telling you you're just a piece of shit (laughs) or just constantly nah nah you can't you know or just he picks out every single thing that can go wrong and that negative you know it's that voice of shame you know and I use these these little meditations are like it can be 10, 20 minutes, 30 minutes and you just lie back and listen or sit and listen and it's like a gentle reprogramming pushing you towards a positive voice, you know, that positive energy, that force of and uh, yeah, I really admire him for doing that and it's just beautiful to have that programming, reprogramming, there's this one, it's called positive affirmations and he's like, I can be happy. Uh, or, I don't There's one that come. So you, the way you work with the subconscious is, you at first you say I can, yeah. You, you you try and create a statement with I can because you can't force the subconscious. And uh, yeah, it was a really valuable lesson I learned. So, so for example, where you say like, you know, maybe you're flapping a bit or something. You go, and you, and you say, be calm, you know. But when you jump straight to be calm, it's like you're admonishing yourself for not being calm, you know. So with this technique, you'd say, I can be calm, and it's more gentle, isn't it? It's saying I can. It's like admitting that. Maybe I'm not calm right now, but I can be. And then you, sh- and that once that sinks in, you shift to I will be calm. So you're trying to shape the future, you know. I will be calm. And then after that, you shift to I am calm. I am calm. And then it's like uh, you're tricking the. You're not tricking, you're just shifting. What's the analogy? You think of the analogy of a, you know, if sometimes you have to treat yourself like you'd treat a, uh, a young child, you know. You'd be, if a child's freaking out and you just tell them to stop freaking out, it doesn't really work, does it? You have to, you have to, be soft and gentle and, and build them back up. <clears throat> oh, what was that one? One yesterday stuck in my head. I am humble, honest, and happy. The three H's, triple H, triple threat. Humility, honesty, and happiness. I mean, humble, 
honest and happy. That's something to aspire towards, isn't it? Because if you are humble and honest, then happiness is going to follow, isn't it? More than not. Well, that came out of the blue. So, oh, the reach approach. Yeah, changed my life, really. Some of those techniques I've learned. Uh, I should finish with a song, shouldn't I? But I'm, <laughs> I've butchered everything so far. Dreaming on 
Vrečí dopo. A buona fortuna.